You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. You know what I mean? Like he took, yeah, he took dog crap and, and turned it into an, a decent looking yard. <laughs> I can do this all night. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, and I'm just in a sour mood. Literally, as the intro's on, I opened up Twitter, and the first tweet I see, let's drop two regular season games and have the Grey Cup in October. I would have deleted Twitter. Uh, I think I might just have to block this person. i I got to double check. Don't mute. Just follow block yeah, or un like I did on Facebook where I just unfriended everybody. Oh, I got the error. Cannot load user's info. Maybe they deleted their Twitter, which is the best thing they should do with their Twitter. Yep. Uh, the Grey yep. Cup is Fair. only a few weeks away now, November 21st, which, holy crap, is mm-hmm. three weeks from today. Two and mm-hmm. out live at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. It is sold out. I do encourage you to book a table at bookersbarbecue.com, though, so you can still be in the room. Uh, you've got the T-shirt orders in. Those are going to get to you, and you're going to get them before Christmas, let's hope. But how's your Grey Cup fit-up going, buddy? A, let's not make promises that we can't keep about the shirts. <laughs> Before before Christmas, that, that that's going to make Grey Cup sober for me, for the people that want them mailed. Like, I'm going to try my damnedest. Well, get to work, because uh, your ass has to cash checks that my mouth writes. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's about par for the course, isn't it? No, answer the question. How's your Grey Cup fit up doing? Um, Well, I gained six pounds in Saskatoon well, over the weekend. Well, I think you yeah. <laughs> did all right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but... Uh, I lost four and a half yesterday, so I mean, I'm just assuming it was booze and water. Yeah, and salt and all that uh, good stuff. Pretty yeah. much everything that's fun. Oh, I I ate 20 pierogies and had nine doubles for lunch on Saturday, so there's probably a lot of salt there too, yeah, with the bacon and whatnot. <laughs> but a friend of the show wants to do a, a wrap-up sort of in Calgary or what? You got the info on this. Yes, uh Andrea, or as he's known on Twitter, at Dusty Foot Dre, uh, has been, well, she not only does Grey Cup fit up, she is a gym fiend. Um, <laughs> well, am I, am I wrong? <laughs> and and the whole reason that we got Zach Evans last year pretty much re- twisted his rubber arm. Um, she wants to do like one big wrap up workout at Calgary, or in Calgary, sorry, before our live show. Uh, she had mentioned uh, a gym downtown. Possibly she wanted to see what the interest was and and go from there. Uh, so you can f- – we'll all retweet the video. We'll retweet it from the podcast account, uh, you know, and just met. you can message her or, or tag her on Facebook and let her know if you're interested. And then uh, she, she's going to handle that and make, make the plan. All right. Get in on that. Wrap up uh, your Grey Cup fit up. Hopefully you can end strong. It's been, you know, about minus 20 at night with the wind chill, and I've uh, restarted my Grey Cup fit up. So – I was going to go for a walk today. Yeah? 
And then I got inside and I was like, yeah, I'm not going back out. So I'm probably just do yoga. <laughs> See, I hate yoga so much that I go outside. It can be 30 below. Yeah. I just well, go outside. I mean, th- this baseball game is going to take four hours, and I think my yelling at the umpires will probably count as exercise anyway. There we go. In the huddle with Karan Ty on the Two and Out podcast. On Wednesday, the award nominees have been announced. So I guess the award winners, which uh, each of their individual teams. And I just think the big news here was that Andrew Harris was not nominated for anything coming Mm -hmm. out of Winnipeg. Not most outstanding player, not most outstanding Canadian, nothing. All right. What do you make of this, Ty? I, I think it's exactly what I said to do. It was, I, I don't know if, the, I don't think the team would have said don't vote for him because we know uh, that what's his face on CJOB did. Well, and O'Shea has a vote too. And O'Shea has a vote and then there are four media members. Yeah. But this is exactly what I said they should do. You know what, if they want to pick him, go ahead, pick him. But don't don't take him off the ballot. Put him on the ballot and let the voters decide, and they decided to not to not nominate him. So why I don't I don't see what the controversy is here. They obviously think that because uh, he was quote unquote guilty of using performance sanctioning drugs, they don't feel like he should be a nominee, and that that's the way they feel. That's the way they voted, and it's done. So in the NFL, if you get uh, caught with PEDs, you cannot win mm-hmm. a award after the season. You cannot uh, play in the Pro Bowl. Uh, Julian Edelman did win a Super Bowl MVP. I know that's one game. It's postseason. Whatever. In the MLB, if you get caught, you can't even play in the playoffs. Yeah, Chris Colabello. I think the NHL just kind of ignores it. They think they don't have an issue, and all their players are really angels. Um, And then... In- hockey <laughs> hockey doesn't really have a performance enhancing drug problem it's just a drug problem <laughs> and then in the CFL there's no rule that's what i don't agree with because i think i would have voted i think i would have voted for andrew harris to be the most outstanding canadian i don't know if i would have yep. put him at mop but definitely most outstanding canadian what i don't like is that it was put into the hands of the voters to decide what side of the moral compass they lay on, you know? Like, they were put in a that. crappy spot as voters. I, I get that, but they were given a decision. And who's to say, if he was put up against Brandon Banks, let's say, or whoever would be from the East, you're still giving them the choice. Right. So we're just taking that out of it now, and people are going to bitch and moan because people like to hear themselves and read themselves on Twitter bitch and moan. <laughs> It's still wild that the league's leading rusher is up for nothing. I find it allegedly up for nothing. Like, I mean, things could change. Allegedly. (laughs) Over six yards of carry, just under 1,400 yards, Mm -hmm. and he's up for nothing. He's going to miss two games and still lead the league in rushing. (laughs) Did you see what Mike Miller posted? Yes, I did, and that's very interesting. He's not happy. He's happy about the nomination, but he's not happy about it. 
Willie Jefferson basically said the same thing. He's going to mm-hmm. accept the nomination on behalf of Andrew Harris. So I kind of wonder if they're going to use this as a fire for the playoffs. They got Zach Caleros, who is the miracle man now, and Andrew Harris, who's nominated for nothing. And I think people are kind of writing them off going into the playoffs just, a little bit. Just to go just to go into McMahon and, and lose. Like, I mean, <laughs> use it for whatever motivation you want. But. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired of the "woe is me" narrative in sport. Like tonight, Max Serger is pitching Game Seven after taking cortisone shots two days ago, and that's going to be the biggest story of the year. It much is, like yep. when, much like when Kurt Schilling put ketchup on a sock. <laughs> I'm just tired of the. So if I lose my voice after the Grey Cup again, and then I still power through and do a, an episode of Two and Out, do I deserve like a podcast award? No, because I'm gonna have to carry it, so it'll be me that deserves it. But I'm just—if you need—if you need motivate, if you need something to get you fired up to play in the playoffs, I'm sorry, but you got to take a look in the mirror. Did you find Toronto's nominees a bit weird? Um, a little bit. I didn't think. Okay, let's 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 also talk about this. The league's <laughs> leading touchdown passer is up for nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Because that makes sense. <laughs> oh, like Darrell Walker is what the leading receiver on the Argos by what about 14 yards or something like that? Any? Yeah, I I don't. Yeah. I think I think their most outstanding player has been McLeod Bethel Thompson on Toronto. Yeah, like I don't. I would have thought they would have given it to S.J. Green just for the milestones that he's hit. Why not? You know, just as as a feel good story. Absolutely. But they've spread the ball up between those three. They, <sighs> to have th- if you have three one thousand yard receivers, how do you pick one above the other? Yeah, yeah. Chris Rainey's up for special teams in Toronto and. Uh, Special teams tackler or just special teams? (laughs) He said he would have given it to Frank Beltre. Yeah. Or he'd give it to the guy that he absolutely destroyed and just let him have the bonus. Well, and Beltre didn't lose the game on giving up a rouge. Hey-o. Yeah, but... (laughs) What what was he? What was what was Rainey supposed to do? Let it just bounce out anyway and give up the single point? I think he was kind of just like a Madden glitch. No, I think you're supposed to know where you are on the field. I thought that was a thing. Um, yeah, but also you catch the ball. I, I'm starting a campaign to get uh, Kenny the King Lawler to win Rookie of the Year. I'm with you on that. I think he's in tough. Jake Winicky, Jalen Acklin, Dakota Shepley had a good year. Nate mm-hmm. Hawley in Calgary. It's going to be a rough one, but uh, I, I think I'm just going to start the campaign anyway. Well, does that mean we wear crowns? I think we to, should. To Greg, I think we'd be stupid not to. <laughs> uh, I want to do a little bit of an update on CFL 2.0 as well. Coming up, actually, what? Tomorrow, there is going to be an LFA draft. The Professional League in Mexico is going to draft at least 16 Canadians. Uh, that they get to go play professional ball in Mexico. These players have already 
indicated that, yes, they will go play in Mexico. Uh, maybe their opportunities dried up here in Canada. So I think what we have to remember here is that it's a two-way street mm-hmm. in CFL 2.0. Not only is there opportunities for global players to come here, but for Canadians to play abroad as well. And anytime that you can you know, keep playing football, there's always a chance where you can get into a higher league whether it be going from the LFA or to the CFL or from the CFL to the NFL, which we've seen a lot of guys do, where they don't, they're not quite good enough in the NFL, they come here, hone their skills, and they leave. And granted, it, it sucks when you see a guy like Duke Williams, who you love to watch on, an every day, on, on a week-to-week basis, leave and go play in the NFL. At the same time, if, if it, 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 you have to treat it like you have to be happy for what you had. And if it's a way to get better then the coaching staff and the player have done their job, and you can't you can't really fault them for that. Yeah, because you know what? There's only so many roster spots in Canada, mm-hmm. and not every single draftee out of college is going to make a team. Does that nope. mean that they're going to be not good enough in three or four years? It doesn't. If they go play in Mexico for three or four years and they're able to come take another kick at the can in Canada, mm-hmm. that's there's nothing bad about that. Well, and you see it in every other sport, right? Like it, if yeah, grant they might get cut in the rookie year, but then they can go and play in Mexico, or there's a chance to go overseas and play. And in, in two or three years, their skills might have developed enough because you're going to get more development actually getting reps and on a practice roster where they're ready to play in the CFL. All right, let's talk about Week 21. Join 2 and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Good luck filling an hour. <laughs> Basically just going to be a who's who of not playing. <laughs> uh, the Montreal Alouettes are nine and a half point favorites as they go to Ottawa. The over-under set at 51 and a half. I don't even know if I'd want to bet on anything this week. Um, <laughs> I mean, no. Saskatchewan's not going to pay. I, if you Saskatchewan's bet, going to cover. You've paid 20 grand to bet on the Riders. Maybe you get 21 back. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, let's talk about this for Montreal, though. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly feel like the coach of the year is between Kahari Jones, Kahari Jones, and Orlando Steinauer. Uh, okay, so Kahari Jones has exceeded expectations. Yeah, has turned this team from a laughing stock into hosting a home playoff game, and you know, just overall looks like he knows what he's doing. Not saying Orlando Sinauer doesn't, I just mean in comparison to Mike Sherman. Well, I guess here's how I would put it. If June Jones was coaching the Ticats, would they have done this this year? I, I don't see why they wouldn't have. Exactly. If Mike Sherman was coaching the Alouettes, would they, they have would done They would be that where Toronto year? is. <laughs> Kahari Jones put up with so much crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Give him something. Give him something so he still doesn't have a contract. Well, there's that. Vernon Adams went into the year fourth on the depth chart. The The GM got fired. Actually, Jones didn't even run training camp. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they still get a home playoff game. If Mike Sherman was the coach of that team throughout the year, there could have been three abysmal teams in the East, and there probably should have been two crossovers from the West. <laughs> like, oh. And as I know a lot of people are going to point towards one of the Dickinsons in in the West, mm-hmm. and they're both good coaches. I kind of look at the whole body of work, and I actually think that Craig got off to a bit of a rough start. People were criticizing him a lot. There were some boneheaded moves, like not wearing a headset, not challenging, and doing some weird things. I think he's gotten better as the year has gone on. I'm not going to knock him mm-hmm. for that at all. Uh, Dave, there's been a lot gone on in Calgary with the amount that they've lost, the amount of injuries that they've had, and... You talk about Calgary right now, the Canadians have been contributing, but so have the rookies. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have had Mayala, Raheem Wilson, or Nate Hawley all for most outstanding rookie, and I don't think anybody would have complained. No, absolutely not. So uh, that's got to be something to do with coaching, yeah. too. And and like you're saying, you look you look at the whole body of work. Well, record is only one part of that. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you look at the NHL... Mike Babcock has never won the Jack Adams trophy and has had absolute juggernauts. Now, I don't think he's a good coach, but it always seems to be the, the, the team that or the coach that gets a, a coach of the year award is always, it just seems to be most improved. And that would it's be just to Harry Jones. Yeah, but that's just the way it always looks, right? Yeah. But if you look at it, Dave has consistently kept that team on top. Mm-hmm. Orlando basically inherited a first place team, and and yeah, made like Dane Evans and you know Braylon Addison. The guys guys have emerged due to injury and, and such, but I mean that's that's a lot to do with coaching, too. Uh, Craig has had a hell of a year too, but I, I still think it's Kahari. Just and I, I just I don't understand. Like I I, I, I sorry I should say I understand the arguments between Orlando Sinai Jones for Orlando. But, I mean, when you inherit a first-place team, you just if it's not broke, don't fix it. Kahari Jones was handed a box of Legos and built the, sixth, the Sistine Chapel. Sistine Chapel. Did you come it. up with that by yourself? No. Oh, okay, because I would have been yes, really did. impressed. No. no, I did, sorry. <laughs> no, I honestly did. Oh, wow. The box of Legos thing, yeah. Well done, buddy. Did you write but, that, or did you just come up with nope, that? No, that was top of my head, but I accidentally called it the 16th chapel first <laughs> because I was listening to Frank Caliendo <laughs> make fun of Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> and he called it this, and yeah, so, but so, but you know what I mean? Like, he took, yeah. he took dog crap and, and turned it into an, a decent-looking yard. <laughs> I can do this all night. Um, I don't think Montreal is going to send anyone to Ottawa. They might send nobody. They- <laughs> Kahari is probably staying at home. <laughs> um, I wonder if Jeremiah Johnson is going to start at running back again. He had 100 yards last week. I mean, Jeremiah Johnson, I think they want to keep him healthy for the playoffs as mm-hmm. well. So maybe. I wouldn't I wouldn't be running him or William Stanback a whole hell of a lot. Maybe a series or two and that's it. It's really fascinating, though. Like, would they give Stanback essentially 
two weeks off before the mm-hmm. East semifinal? That's really interesting. I don't like, yeah, I don't like that. Um, Chris Amoa, uh, the Canadian from Laval, maybe he plays. I, I got to think that they are going to be mm-hmm. giving the ball uh, to Jeremiah Johnson here. Um, I don't. I don't think it'll be a heavy dose. Yeah, Ryder Stone is on the uh, practice roster right now. Mm-hmm. He had some success last year, and it'll be interesting to see what they do at quarterback. I'm assuming Vernon Adams isn't going to play at all. I I think he does. I think they they want to get him reps still. But I, I'm I'm talking preseason style, like one or two series, and he's out. Just 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 to get just to get game speed reps. And then they have Matt Schiltz and Antonio Pipkin. Yeah. Um, and I th- I don't know if Pipkin gets in. So does do you have the guts to put Matt Schiltz into your fantasy lineup? Do I personally? Yeah. No. You don't. What? Why? I I just can't. I don't know what it because I don't want to risk that and then. Uh, he only plays a half or something stupid, or Pipkin, him and Pipkin end up splitting time because I'm wrong a lot of the time. Yeah, if you, if you don't get any official word that they're going to play Schiltz the entire game, mm-hmm. then it gets tough. I'm I'm tempted to play him though, just because it's it's against Ottawa, and when Schiltz started at BC Place, mm-hmm. he had a 20 point fantasy game. Yep. That being said, he wouldn't probably be playing with some starting receivers. Posey had last week off. It'll be interesting to see if they let him miss two weeks before the playoffs as well. I, I, I think Posey will come back in and, and it'll be Bray or Eugene Lewis taking a seat for week 21. As for Ottawa, Dominic Davis is back as the starting quarterback and there's a good chance that John Crockett and Antoine Pruneau actually play in this big game. I think the big news in Ottawa this week, and I think Henry is saying that we all know but Henry Burris did an interview at TSN 1200 out of Ottawa and basically said that the relationship between Rick Campbell and Marcel Desjardins is just a mess right now shocker Uh, the the list of players that have left Ottawa on not so nice terms they fall on Desjardins shoulders I don't think they fall on Campbell's shoulders but uh Hank seems to think that Desjardins is trying to throw Campbell under the bus to Oseg uh, to try and save his ass, which I think we see that in sports quite quite hey, often. Hey, Desjardins, shut your mouth and just fire Rick Campbell. Then, like, why do you why do why do you have to drag him down? The guy's still going to be looking for work and, and with other teams. There's going to be a press conference in Ottawa on Monday. We'll see how detailed they go into the future and what kind of staff they're going to have uh, going into next season. Mm-hmm. All right, let's 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 go to Regina. The Riders, uh, first part of a triple header on Saturday. Seven and a half point favorites over the Edmonton Eskimos. Over-under set at 47 and a half. It's really simple here. If Saskatchewan wins, they clinch first in the West for the first time since 2009 and only the third time in 43 years. Let that sink in. <laughs> like, it's not great numbers. How is that even mathematically possible? It's about as good number. It, the numbers are as good as their Grey Cup wins. 
<laughs> it's it. You know what? You know what? They are aren't worse though. Uh, worse than though. What? That stoop. That music video that I sat through. <laughs> Nineteen eighty nine or eighty eight, whatever it was. Eleven is a like that was so bad, but I could not turn. It was like a bad car wreck. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it again. I'm gonna post it on our on our Twitter. Like people have to be have to watch this. It's 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 almost as bad as too many cooks. <laughs> I think uh, if anybody's I, seen that, they're gonna they're gonna know what I'm talking about. I actually think it's genius. Don't you oh. Don't you love Glenn Suter rapping? So, I, I love how he's trying to be so gangster in like super high jeans, t-shirt tucked in with a belt. I think that's enough, hey? Well, so we're just going to skip over Glenn Suter's yeah, line? Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 was, he was that era's Eminem. <laughs> Um, we'll start with Edmonton, where Trevor Harris is not expected to play among other Eskimo starters. Um, Christian Jones is going to miss the rest of the year. I guess it's not a torn ACL. He should be ready to go by next year's training camp. Uh, as for Tuesday's practice, Ellingson, Collins missed. Um, CJ Gable missed practice. But this is really crazy. Anthony Parker was back. He ruptured his Achilles on June 1st. That's crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. That is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. I mean, as far as fantasy goes, just avoid the Eskimos, hey? I think so. They're not playing for anything right now, uh, except for jobs next year. Uh, Saskatchewan has a lot more to play for in this one, uh, so they can get that extra week off. Derek Moncrief and Ed Ganey both missed Tuesday's practice. Craig Dickinson said they're maintenance days. Ganey is dealing with uh, some back issues right now, though. Uh, they were expected to practice on Wednesday, but of course, practice was closed. Uh, Tacoby Cofield and Taryn Vaughn were both taking reps at tackle. It was mostly Cofield and Thaddeus Coleman, though, for mm-hmm. the two tackles. I, I really love the story surrounding Dan Clark, but I thought that Thad Coleman would have gotten a little bit of respect and uh, given the most mm-hmm. outstanding offensive lineman nomination. Uh, and since he's, what was it two years ago or last year he made the move uh, when Derek Dennis was on the team? Oh, that would have been, uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I guess. Yeah, that was Thaddeus Coleman, was it not? I think so, yeah. And, he, and he, he turned into a way better offensive lineman once he made that switch. He's been steady. He's played... He's played every yeah. game. He's, he's the opposite of Tony Washington. <laughs> he's actually played every game except for one when uh, since Chris Jones came over to uh, to Saskatchewan since 2016. So he's 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 been one of the steady guys on that offensive line there mm-hmm. right now. I, I think the focus this week when you're building a fantasy lineup is maybe to try and get the guys that are trying to get to milestones. Yeah. And there are a couple rider receivers that 
want to get to a thousand yards. Uh, Kyron Moore is forty-seven yards away after his huge game last week, and Naaman Roosevelt is ninety yards away. I, I could. I'd be okay with picking just about any rider receiver this week, and that's a sentence mm-hmm. I'm still not used to saying. No, because <laughs> uh, last time we could do that, we didn't have CFL fantasy. No, football. we didn't, <laughs> <laughs> and we weren't. We couldn't legally drink yet. Thank God for Uncle Marv. <laughs> it's been a long time, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, but it, it just. I know the Riders, they can't overlook Edmonton, but Edmonton is just, they want to get to Montreal. That's really the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And Saskatchewan, they could just walk all over them and crush them. Well, I think Saskatchewan is going to treat it like a game they have to win. Well, because they do have to win it, yeah. Yeah, because do you want to have to go through, do you want to have to go to Calgary for the West Final? No, if, nobody. If you're does. the Riders, when you have the chance to play at home and have have that week off, I, I think they're going to play it. Like we might see a little bit of backups come in if it gets out of hand in the third, fourth quarter. Yeah, but I think it's going to be your normal starting lineup, give or take one or two guys that maybe need maybe need a little extra rest. This episode of Tune Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Uh, Park Power is owned by Chris Kazoski, who has a growing and well-deserved reputation for being a guy who cares. Uh, I love what he does. If you're in the Edmonton area, you probably or maybe have seen him around town sporting that bow tie. And who doesn't like a bow tie? You you tell me, and I will show you somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about. See? He supports local causes, boosts local business, and he walks that talk because Park Power shares 10% of its profits with local charities. Actually, when you sign up, you get to choose which uh, local charities you want uh, your profits to be donated to. So sign up for Park Power. It's really easy to switch. Do it at parkpower.ca. The website will show you how much you save, and it gets done really easy in Alberta because you're free to choose whoever you want to get your power from. Go to parkpower.ca. All right, Hamilton is host to Toronto. 13 and a half point favorites with the over under set at 53 and a half. I think I'd bet Toronto to cover here. I bet them to cover and I take the over. Wow. Uh, the Tie Cats, uh, well, though. Depends on how much playing time David Watford gets. <laughs> the Tie Cats have outscored Toronto this season 102 to 40. Is that good or. <laughs> Well, I guess it's not great for Hamilton or for Toronto, but <laughs> don't you think there's a part of uh, the Ticats that want to win this game because they would be undefeated at home for 2019? I, I think that's huge. I think, and every every player on the roster knows. Yeah, uh, that that's a huge uh, mental factor. To you know, nobody's going to come in to our house and beat us. Especially if you're going to be hosting the East Final, you win this game, haven't lost at home all year. The same time gives Montreal that little bit of uh, bulletin board material, but I think uh, just on the mental aspect, and, and you know, teams don't do it very often to go undefeated at home. I think I think that's a pretty decent feather in their cap. 
Well, yeah, at the same time, if they go undefeated in the regular season and lose, lose in the East final, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's, that's fair too, but yeah. I mean, you can't, it's like you can't play game six to get to a game seven. You have to play game six to win. Yeah. So how I don't know how Hamilton's going to treat this one. I don't think you're going to see a whole hell of a lot of of uh, I, well, we'll see some usual stars, but I think we're going to see a lot of guys with some rest. Toronto's going to be interesting. AJ Olette is going to get his start again. And last last week he had 11 carries for 69 yards, but he also added five catches for 39 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He had over 20 fantasy points. He's 3,500. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a popular pick. Yeah, he's in my lineup. Yeah, he should probably be in most lineups. He should this be in week. everybody's lineup. Uh, have we seen the last of Darrell Walker and James Wilder Jr. in Toronto? I think we've seen the last of James Wilder Jr. Uh, I'm. I think I'm still. Uh, I don't know about Darrell Walker yet. Only Michael O'Connor is under contract as far as quarterbacks go in Toronto for mm-hmm. 2020. Yeah, um, I would have zero issue if they were to re-sign McLeod Bethel-Thompson and name him starter before training camp. Yeah. I think he proved this year year that he can play. Doesn't have the wins, but like we said, wins are a pretty convoluted stat. Yeah. They have bigger issues. I mean, the defense wasn't good. The offensive line play isn't the greatest. But if if you go next year with McLeod Bethel-Thompson and Michael O'Connor – it's. It, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. So the Toronto Argonauts, if, 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 if Armani Edwards is able to cross the 1,000-yard mark, and he is only 48 yards away, we'll have 3,000-yard receivers. Mm-hmm. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers have zero. Kenny Lawler, mm-hmm. well, they're on bye, and he did not play all 18 games, but the leading receiver was 637 yards in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah. And the Argos, for how bad that we are, they've been able to move the ball at times with three receivers over a 1,000. So if you wanted to put Armani Edwards into your lineup, I don't think I would be opposed to that because what the Argos did last week, they just fed the ball to SJ until he got to a 1,000. And the last three weeks for Edwards, he's been really involved. Last week, six catches, 126 yards and a touchdown. Against Montreal, eight catches, 77 yards. Ottawa a few weeks ago, five catches, 54 yards, two touchdowns. He might be a very nice pick to put into your lineup. He does cost you $7,000, though. It just might be worth it this week. Uh, yeah, and and when he does put up numbers, they're quiet because of SJ and Darrell still being around. Yeah, uh, and you know, I the only problem I have with Armani Edwards is the love affair that Rod Black has with him. <laughs> and maybe another cheap player you want to start from Toronto, twenty five hundred dollars, Chandler Worthy. Last week against Ottawa, two catches, twenty one yards, and a touchdown. But he also added. 42 uh, punt return yards and 17 on kick returns. Two weeks ago against Montreal, nine catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown, 24.3 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. 
he might be another great fixture in your lineup. And like all of a sudden, Toronto is a little bit fantasy worthy here. <laughs> yes, but at the same time, they could also get nothing, and Hamilton could completely shut them down. And yeah, I, I, I don't think there's going to be a lot of middle ground here. It's been said that uh, the Tie Cats are really going to be resting guys here. Um, mm-hmm. Dane Evans is probably one of them. So that is going to be a depth chart to watch. Um, like I, I said a lineup, but it every, every position means nothing to me right now until yeah. we get a depth chart. I'm kind of wondering if Malik Irons is going to start at running back. It's just sort of a guess um, because last week there was really no word of a Tyrell Sutton injury. And then they put Malik Irons in, and they actually gave him 10 carries. Uh, If he's going to get double-digit touches again, he's $2,500. It seems worth it to have that in your lineup so you can load up on other guys. Yeah, and and we talk about it every week, value picks. Yeah. Uh, If you can find a guy between $2,500 and $3,500 that you think can put up 20 points... That's going to open up a lot of options for you everywhere else. And you know what I'm realizing as the season has gone on? The big money running backs, for the most part, have not been worth it. No, they don't get the carries. It's like like I've been saying, Josh Aptling is the OC for every team in the league right now. <laughs> um, at, at points, you know, a William Powell will blow up. or But you can't just guess on that. No. So And I've been bitten too many times. If you want to save money and uh, spend not a lot at running back, that's probably the position to do mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. Let's go to Vancouver, the last game of the CFL regular season, where the Stampeders are 7.5-point favorites, over-under set at 46.5, and, and this is another simple scenario. Calgary must win to secure a home playoff game. Calgary's in a very interesting situation here because on Tuesday – Trey Roberson, Royce Mechie, Cordero Law, Deshaun Amos, and Eric Rogers all missed practice. Wednesday's practice was closed. So they're in a crazy spot where Dickinson has already said it. We have to keep these guys healthy for the playoffs, but we also want to win this game to be at home in the playoffs. So this this balancing act is going to be really fascinating to me, especially that secondary in Calgary that is really banged up heading this week. Mm-hmm. They might have to sacrifice playing some starters just to get these guys healthy for the semifinal. And I think, and I know I said you don't you don't play games, you don't set up game six so you can win game seven. You got to win game six. Uh, if you if you're that dead set on having a home playoff game and you need to you need to start all these starters that aren't 100%, you're kind of digging your own grave in my opinion. Yeah. Because if somebody's not at 100%, it doesn't take much for them to get hurt further to where they're not going to be able to play the next week. Uh, you already have a playoff you already have a playoff spot done. You are in, does not matter. I think you have to get the rest. If guys are not 100%. Eric Rogers did leave last week's game in the fourth quarter. And then all of a sudden, the receiving core in Calgary was very inexperienced. 
there was basically Reggie Bagleton and everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, either rookies or Canadians that really hadn't seen the field all that much. I mean, Colton Hunchak, Michael Klukas, Hergie Mayala, Richie Sandani, Sandani has been around, and Josh Huff is a rookie. And then Bagleton, who, <laughs> I mean, this is only, what, his third year? Yeah, third year with the Stampeders. So really not much experience in the receiving core when Eric Rogers left. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to want Rodgers healthy for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it seems like Bagleton's becoming one of those players that's impossible to defend, but if he's on an island yeah. by himself, then I think defenses could it, figure it out. It becomes a little bit easier where your safety is committed to, yeah. like you have your, your defensive halfback or your corner, and then the safety is is bracketing him, and you pretty much shut that down. That does leave options open. But, I mean, like you're saying, the inexperience does come into play at that point. Ante Leader could start at running back again as the Stamps mm-hmm. continue to deal with ratio problems. So th- that's the part of the game that the Stampeders have been unable to consistently do this season. And the running game has actually dropped after Labor Day, which is completely backwards uh, as far as the weather goes and everything like that. But Kadeem Carey had a 143-yard game in the summer, and they peaked then. They haven't been able to get there, and they're just relying on Bo Mitchell. And so far, I think he's been lighting it up, and he's playing some of the best football since coming back from injury. Uh, Some good news. It looks like Corey Greenwood might be ready to go for the playoffs, could be ready to go for next week. He was seen at practice. I guess just talk about BC a little bit here. Congrats to defensive lineman Brent Johnson for getting into the BC Sports Hall of Fame. He's a Lions legend. Mm -hmm. And just a general question. Devon Claybrooks, he wants to spoil his old team having a home playoff game, doesn't he? 100%. I don't know if they can, but But they're going to try. That's a a whole other story. (laughs) I mean, you can't always get what you want, Travis. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Mick Jagger said it best. They're they're sure gonna try though. Well, I thought I, know, I came up with that on my own. <laughs> okay, Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> so Farhan Lalji of uh, TSN, he did a radio hit saying that he's now expecting there's going to be a coaching change in BC, and I think part of that has to do with the ownership situation. I, I really think that Braley should get out of there and probably not make any more decisions. But Claybrooks deserves credit because I've seen the other bad teams across the league, like Ottawa, they, they've they given up. The Lions haven't. They, they fought to the very end. They got better once they made the uh, offensive line switch. And it wasn't like the Ticat season when Kent Austin got fired, June Jones came in, and they made a real run and almost made the playoffs. But he's really been able to keep them together. I I think he deserves a shot for 2020. Not not only deserves a shot, are, are you really want to hamper your coaching staff with having, I don't know, depending on who they all want to get rid of, with the coach's cap? <laughs> like that's gonna the money that you would have left it's gonna affect who's gonna want to coach for you do you think this thing's gonna last forever no 
Yeah, I wonder. I don't how think long it will. I, I think I think the league would take away would take away the the salary cap aspect, but I don't think they'd want to take away the number right. of coaches. Right. Because I mean, it does get a little ridiculous, right? All right, we'll be back to talk our fantasy lineups and pick them after this. Alberta loves its forests and its shows. In the last 20 years alone, Alberta's forest industry planted and nurtured 2 billion trees. Strategic harvesting is helping slow the spread of the mountain pine beetle. Take that, you scourge of infestation. Oh, and Alberta's forest industry creates enough green energy to power four cities the size of Grand Prairie. If that doesn't power your heart in the process, chances are you need to learn more about your relationship with Alberta's forests. Go to loveabforests.com. All right. I think we can agree we're both going to pick Saskatchewan and Calgary. Yes. Um, <laughs> the other games. You are you not. <laughs> you are not taking Ottawa. I Travis was, Lee, Curra. I, I'm tempted to take one of them. Oh, Toronto, you're Marty. Ottawa. You're Marty stewarding this. You're Marty stewarding this. <laughs> I'm tempted. tempted. No, it, it's it's Montreal, Saskatchewan, Hamilton, Calgary. It's a done deal. This is going to be one of Toronto and Ottawa is going to win. <laughs> am, am I betting on any of these games? For the love of God, no. <laughs> okay, who's more likely to win, Toronto or Ottawa? Toronto. Okay, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna go Montreal, uh, Saskatchewan, Toronto, yeah. uh, Calgary. Just because, like I'm gonna, like I'm gonna bet on Dominique Davis. There's that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but come on, he should be playing for a job, right? Yeah, he was playing for a job all year this year, and how'd that turn out for him? Who's Ottawa's quarterback in 2020? Will Arndt. What? Well, it sounds just as dumb as saying Dominique Davis was better than Trevor Harris. Will Art, I'm going to say... James Franklin? No, I think it's between Matt Nichols and <laughs> Jeremiah Mazzoli. I, yeah, I, I, can to- I, would, I, I don't want to say I could see it, but I, I would understand it. And I, because youth, if you can, the younger players, the less you can pay them. Dane Evans compared to Jeremiah Masoli it, it, and the money Masoli's making, uh, you can build quite the team around Dane Evans uh, and they at, at his price point. <laughs> yeah, at his price price point, you, you you can keep it together a little longer uh, than if you have Jeremiah back there. Nick Arbuckle, uh, I don't know if he's a free agent, but I'm sure the Stamps are going to be able to get something for him if he's not. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some interesting moves. Uh, Brand, Brandon Bridge. I wonder if he's sticking in BC. You really think Mike Riley's going to give up Danny O'Brien? <laughs> it doesn't seem like it, does it? <laughs> it? It's his. It's his. It's his Jason Moss. <laughs> yeah, but Moss at one time had the record for most consecutive completions. I don't. I bless Danny O'Brien. I don't think that'll ever happen. Whoa! Throwing shade. <laughs> Is that the? <laughs> Yeah, for once it's you and not me. Like that's not even the. Ah, oh, I, I love it's him. Not, I like him. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think you're going out on a limb there or offending anybody. <laughs> uh, the Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge. You have Super Fan Mike from the Eskimo Empire Podcast, and I have Brian from BC Lions Den. You want, I think- you want to try that again? 
I have super fan yeah, Mike. There we go. From the Eskimo Empire <laughs> podcast. And you have Brian from BC Lions. Then I, I thought I said super man, man fight. fight again. I was oh, practicing no. it before the show so I would get it right. If you would have said Superman Fike, I would I would have let that go because <laughs> I love that so much. I think we're uh, locked into where we are. Yes. I'm first. Are you third or fourth? Fourth. I can't move up or down. Yeah, so we're we're, we're kind of stuck there. But what's your lineup look like at this point in uh, time? This, I don't have a flex right now because I can't decide. <laughs> uh, but I have Fajardo, Ouellette, Leader. Moore and Roosevelt. Okay. Uh, and the Montreal Alouettes defense. So okay. I have, I have sixty nine fifty left. Like, do do we put out a Twitter poll and let let the Twitterverse set my lineup? Do it for my, for my flex. Do it. Okay, I'll I'll find the four highest paid or like the, the next four in line like price wise that will fit with like the points that they are projected to get or that like the points per game and and I'll let somebody else make the decision. Speaking of Twitter polls, I had one saying would you have voted for Andrew Harris? 43% said yes, 57 said no. I was part of the 57. I was part of the 43. <laughs> yeah. And this is why we work, Travis. <laughs> but the Liberals lost the popular vote and won the election, so yes is the Don't, right answer. <laughs> do not get me started. <laughs> this is you want to start talking politics? Because I, I will unfriend you so fast. Stop. It'll make your head spin. I will bust you down to sergeant. <laughs> okay, here's what my lineup looks like at this point in time. Bo Levi Mitchell whose price dropped after last week. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I think they know I think they know they're gonna have nobody to throw to. <laughs> Malik Irons, AJ Olette, Reggie Bagleton, Naaman Roosevelt, Chandler Worthy in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders defense. Oh, people are gonna make me put Chandler Worthy and he's gonna get like one catch. <laughs> That's what it looks like right now. Friday morning this thing could look drastically different. Because I had a lineup with uh Armani Edwards, Naaman Roosevelt, Reggie Bagleton, but then I had to start Matt Schiltz at quarterback. Mm-hmm. I had I had Shaq Evans and Oh, who did I just take out of my flex? I can't remember, but then you mentioned Kyron Moore and the the one thousand yard opportunity. I'm like, well now I have to make that switch. And then I took out Shaq Cooper and put in Ouellette, like while you were talking. So like it's, I, I, this is all subject to change because the depth chart could come out today for the Friday game and totally throw a wrench into everybody's plans. Who are your top performers? Uh, is it even worth it? <laughs> I will, no. Uh, like Vernon Adams Jr., 27.2 points per in two starts. But I don't know if he's going to play. Cody Fajardo in his one start, 25.3. I think he's going to. They're gonna they're gonna be they play before Calgary, so they they are going to be trying to win that football game, and and you know playing like this game matters because yeah. it does. Uh, so I, I think he's gonna get a lot of time. Dane Evans at twenty four point four and two starts. Bully by Mitchell eleven starts against BC averages eighteen point three points. 
Uh, if Saskatchewan loses to Edmonton, uh, Bo Levi Mitchell could put up a huge number if you have the room to put him on. Uh, if you're waiting, if you wait for after the Saskatchewan game, um, when it comes to running backs, I don't know what to even. William Powell at thirteen point two, Jeremiah Johnson thirteen point one, uh, Sutton at twelve point seven, Malik Irons nine point two. Like, I mean, Don Jackson's at thirteen point four, and John White's at thirteen. Like I, who knows what teams are going to be doing? Like we're, we really do have to wait for depth charts. Uh, and Praylon Addison twenty seven point eight, Darrell Walker twenty three, Eric Rogers twenty two point three, Devon Smith in his one game twenty two point two, and Kyron Moore eighteen point three round out your receivers. But I mean, these guys could be in for a quarter and then not see the field again. So I think. I think you're better off waiting to for depth charts to come out and maybe look at some some guys at the backup rules and and, and take a look at them because so they might get substantially more playing time uh, depending on the team. And a shout out to Tavon Smith for what he's doing in Edmonton for the month of November. He is covering adoption fees for mm-hmm. uh, the five dogs that have been at uh, the Humane Animal Rescue Team the longest, as well as a bonus. Six dogs. So uh, a good good thing done by uh, Tavon Smith of the Eskimos. Yeah, that's unreal. Um, I don't want dog. I don't want a dog because it's like having a child and you know how much I would love that. That never learns how to wipe its butt. Oh, dude, I still haven't. <laughs> Is that the line of the decade from Brazilian Thai? It might like be. On- it's like on Big Daddy, I wipe my own ass. <laughs> yeah, good for you, kid. Yeah, it, it you can't leave it alone. Like, it doesn't grow up to where you can leave it for four days. And all it's, the worst it's going to do is throw a party. <laughs> oh, man. People have a bigger issue if you leave your dog in the car than a child. I know. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. If you need any tickets for Week 21 or the playoffs or hockey or concerts, SeatGiant.ca. Use the promo code APN. You'll save 5%. You'll support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process. And you know that the money on there, it's all in Canadian. (laughs) You're not Mm going to get any surprises on your credit card. So SeatGiant.ca, promo code APN. Brazilian Thai, you didn't think we could... For an hour, what are fifty-three minutes? And I mean, twelve of that was news. <laughs> so, should we talk uh, six minutes about the politics? Yeah, call up Dell. No, I <laughs> come on, come I'm on, not doing this. <laughs> we'll have to put the, the. It'll just be angry elk for six minutes. <laughs> we'll be back. Talking Monday morning as we get set for the playoffs. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.